you can hear the music, which you know means it is time for another episode of BJ Shea's Board Game Alliance, episode number 109. And I am your host, Joey, terribly teaching Twitterers tortuous tort- No! Yes! <laughs> Torturously Man. beast. Dang it, I was so close. I saw tort and thought of tortilla. <laughs> ah. I'm hungry now. Now yes. I'm hungry. Dang it. Well, of course, Sean Everson of Think 12 Games wins again. Oh, hey, hey. And of course, Josh Huntley from the Omega Gamers. Hey, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing great. And Vicky Barcelona running the boards. Hi. On today's episode, we are going to talk Dice Fest with Flying Frog. We're going to tell you some interesting board game statistics that might shock you, and we will have a little tutorial on how to teach someone a board game. But Josh, how can the Geek Nationals get a hold of us? Go to bjgeeknation.com and get all the podcast, blogs, interviews, videos, links, and more. more. Also, search for us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, iTunes, or just go to odyssey.com. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Well, after screwing up my name, I'm hungry, and I like tortillas, uh, generally with cheese. I like to call them a quesadilla. Ironically, tortiously means wrong, so uh, you messed up. On the word. On the word. That means messed up. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to say you didn't plan that, but I know you did, John. I know you did. Well, guys, we have a event coming up that for a lovely board game company that we've actually had the pleasure of going to their studio and playing some games. Flying Frog, putting on Dice Fest 2022 was back, baby! Yeah, I'm super excited for this. Uh, we've gone to Dice Fest before and shown some video footage. Uh, this is a brand new event, so if you've gone to Dice Fest before, you haven't gone to Dice Fest now. Oh, so what you're saying is it's fancy. Oh, yes. They've, they've, <laughs> they've poured a lot lot of money into this where before it was a uh, it was a two-day event and people would leave in the middle of it or you know like towards the end they have to like leave the building uh, because they were having it I think it was at a high school up in the Snohomish area right yeah yeah uh, this is at the Bellevue Hilton fancy and it's a three-day event it's October 14th 15th and the 16th now before where you had to leave you're at a hotel so you can just stay so they have planned events that they're putting together and those events are eventually going to you know end around midnight or so but you can keep gaming all through night plus there's no school on monday there is no school on monday that's very correct Uh, at at the hotel there is school that monday (laughs) josh for those of you trying to loophole your parents (laughs) you got everyone's hopes up so i happened to talk to them uh at an event recently and they were talking about how there's going to be some really cool stuff that people haven't seen or done with them before uh you're really going to want to check this out. It's going to be a big blast. They know they're putting on a bigger event and they're hoping to get a whole lot more people. So you got to have stuff to do. And they are definitely putting plans together to have lots of stuff for you to do. And I love the idea of not having a time restriction because as we talked about in our last episode, you never know how long a game is going to take. Exactly. <laughs> so when it gets to 11 p.m. and you're looking, you're like, we're not even close to scoring half the victory points we need to to win this game. <laughs> I like the ability to just go late into the night. Yes, yes. So um, they have things that people are going are putting up games right now uh, that you can you know book into uh, if you want to be a part of them. Uh, there's going to be spontaneous things. They have a library of games you can check out. Uh, 
other stuff that um, I won't spoil for people. Uh, we'll let them, you know, leak out information as they want about that. Are but, you uh, saying more? Oh, there's definitely going to be more. And more. I'm super, there's still things that even I don't know about yet. They're like, oh, you'll see when you get there because I'm definitely going, baby. Ooh, the ever popular pain take. Oh, yeah. They're going to have the patent take. Uh, they put on classes. Like, there's so much cool stuff that they're going to have for people to do. Uh, you definitely want to check this out. Uh, if you just look up, if you Google Dice Fest, uh, you'll get a, uh, a location for it to check things out. So, yeah. And if you've never been to a con or a fest, because I know there are a lot of people that haven't. You know, it's one of those things that sometimes it's hard for people to get into or they think maybe the, the money's not worth it. Or, you know, there's a lot of reasons why you may be a little hesitant, if you might say. If you've never seen a games library before, it is a heaven. Like yes. you, 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 for whatever reason, you can never imagine how many games they will literally have. And I mean, it, trust me, it's worth the price of admission. Yeah, for sure. You'll have a whole big blast go to this, uh, and you'll also get special like free stuff. Uh, anybody that has your pass, they give you a lot of free goodies, free promos. So, like, not only getting this really fun experience, but you get a lot of just free cool stuff. And you don't need to know people to go down there. I mean, that's the one thing that really you know, caught me by surprise is the wrong way to put it, but what was very warm and welcoming is the idea that people will just invite you to be the third or the fourth in their board game oh, yeah. as you walk by. Yeah, totally. Yeah, you'll be able to just like jump in and like people are starting up a game like, hey, can I be a part of that? Sure, yeah, come on in and you know, and you're off and running. And you'll you don't have to know how to play them either. They'll teach you. You don't even know how to play. <laughs> and now some people that might be there will know how to play. Um, Sean, Josh, you know, <laughs> we end up there. Uh, don't look for me if you want to know how to play anything. <laughs> <laughs> he will stab you in the back. <laughs> but that is again uh, Dice Fest go to uh, Dice Fest you can just actually Googling is probably Google easier Google Dice Fest and you'll get the links for it yes Dice Fest 2022 uh, of course Friday the 14th through the or yes Friday October 14th through the 16th make sure to check that out but moving along from that Josh you found some interesting statistics about the board game community and oh. everything they do well yeah <clears throat> Some of it was kind of interested by, well, I wonder how the pandemic treated everything. Ah, uh, because and of the delays in shipping, and then, of course, the uh, big switch to online buying, really. <laughs> well, it seems that growth happened during the pandemic. Growth, you said. What? People were indoors and wanted to play board games. I am shocked. Yes. <laughs> uh, in uh, Just in 2021, how much do you think they made? One whole dollar. Uh <laughs> No, Bob. <laughs> ah, damn. <laughs> so you're saying over. <laughs> yeah, just in 2021, $12.1 billion worldwide. With a B. Yes. Billion dollars. Billion dollars. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, they, and that was a steady growth from about a billion a year since 2019. That's well, incredible. In the, in the worldwide numbers. Of course, yeah. This is not just the U.S. of A. It turns out that everyone loves board games, and uh, we get a lot of great Euro games. I remember uh, losing in many of them. <laughs> <laughs> so having read through this, they, they attribute it to online shopping and actually digital board games, I guess, are counting. Now, at least from this article, I don't know that they look enough at the the niche board gaming the the cons and stuff that we go to because uh, I know that's a big contributor in Kickstarter and GameFound and BackerKit and yeah. all those uh, things but 12.1 billion yeah and they're they're in, in expecting to increase by another 2.5 billion by 2025 that is wild because like I get the idea I mean well so board games like you said were mostly uh, you know hand in your hand 
you can buy them at a store. Maybe you can buy them online. But I would never imagine two point one additional billion dollars in that short amount of time coming from just the ab- ability to buy them on your phone or to you know find them anywhere really now as opposed to just a game store or you know, well would, it, it's hard to argue with you know cons didn't have much to do with it in the last two years because cons have been gone yeah you know, there was digital versions of them but it's not the same when it comes to board games I can't I mean, yell at you digitally I mean I could <laughs> I think the digital impact actually did help a lot because for people that wanted to play they wanted to play something with their friends so well we can play this board game but we can do it online you know we can't meet in person so let's meet up over tabletop simulator or board game arena or uh, the people have been putting stuff on steam now so there's digital versions like root you can get on on uh, steam and it's easy to connect with your friends on discord and even just host a screen to play one of the board games because you really don't i mean as much as i love to touch meeples uh, <laughs> you don't actually <laughs> need to control them yourselves <laughs> you can have one game master kind of do it in a similar way that dnd does it yeah another interesting fact that I found a little counterintuitive was that younger generations of Americans found board games to be more enjoyable than older ones. They're talking Gen Zers. Hmm. In the survey, 82% of the Gen Zers, that's 9 to 24 years old, found it uh, more enjoyable. I'm wondering if it's because we're getting a resurgence of liking what is old and making it new again. Like the whole idea of um, even D&D with the help of Stranger Things and stuff like that, that has kind of brought it back into the light. And a lot of people that probably would have never touched it are now really into it. And like I feel like games like Catan have really served to like make it easy to get into board gaming, but it's not the board gaming we knew as kids. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. It just seems so like in my I'm like Gen X, so right now I guess we're sitting at seventy eight percent. But still, even sixty seven percent of the silent generation, that's pre baby moon. That's mm-hmm. older than BJ. <laughs> wow, that is old. Time itself. <laughs> I love that sixty seven percent of uh people in that generation are playing board games. I wonder if it's a big push to get off of uh, screens, and that's why as well. Like, a board game is a great way to interact with people outside mm-hmm. of staring at your computers, you know, and getting involved with people and getting everyone in one room. I, I like that idea of, uh, you know, community through board games. Yeah, you just, you, you do just tend to think kids are just going to play video games. They're just going to be on their screens. Yeah. But the fact that this is bucking that trend, I like that. Anything that grows board gaming. That and kids are competitive. So if they can win something, what? they're going to try. My teenagers are not constantly competing with each other, no matter what I say or do. Or No, not even like toddlers. I have a three-year-old <laughs> brother who likes to do this thing where he'll run up the stairs. And if you're going up the stairs, too, he's like, wait for me, wait for me, and then push past you. I win. <laughs> and then if you win at something, he's like, it wasn't a race. I'm like, are you the sass? (laughs) So I don't think that hurts. There's a psychology element to it as well. If you think about it, like if you play a lot of games online, it's a different interaction than when you're spending time in person with another, with someone else, right? We are social creatures and we really thrive from having other people around us to interact with. We, We actually get something from that emotionally and psychologically. And board games give you that opportunity to, you know, do something cooperative together or do something competitive together where you get to kind of, you know, mess with each other or, or, or whatever. And the way that that helps us in a positive way, 
you don't really get that when you're playing online. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think those in-person experiences are better shared when you're actually in person. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of idea where you do get to kind of see the facial expressions of people better. And there's those like kind of conversations and arguments almost, but they're they're playful as opposed to when I'm in Call of Duty yelling at people for <laughs> killing me. Exactly. Stop yeah. it! <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I hear screamed from the teenager's room. A nice, <laughs> a nice calm, controlled stop it, not language that <laughs> they're going to be off their games for a while for. I thought I'd spare Vicky the bleeping. So what we're saying is that uh, board games are doing well right now. What, what else do you got for us, Josh? Well, another one I find that uh, I was I had to hunt for where what my percentage was here. Those, so the big news is 50% of players own between 1 and 25 board games. 1 and 25 <laughs> is quite the range. <laughs> I followed that category. Oh, but, those sweet summer children. <laughs> <laughs> but what's weird is where the drop-offs are. And 22% have between 26 and 50. Wow, that's actually much higher than I thought it would be. Uh, me and Sean, we're in the 10.9% that own more than 100. <laughs> but the weird drop-off is only 4.2 have between 51 and 75. Oh, and that is an oddly specific number. Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> so they're polarized. Once you hit over like a certain amount, you know, you're in that group. So that's I where do, everyone falls. I don't know if I'm happy or sad that they stopped counting at more than 100. Yeah, see, 100. <laughs> Child's play. Child numbers. <laughs> uh, that leads into another uh, shocking stat where um, a certain number of people spend... Uh, over a thousand dollars a year on board games. Hey, Sean, we are the twenty-two percent. <laughs> Finally, <laughs> Vicky does not look shocked at all over no. there. <laughs> it's, it's just me, my house. So I haven't really bought any games that weren't like drinking we, games. We can teach you <laughs> to buy to buy to spend money. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm not secretly trying to have another place to store board games. That being Vicky's house. Yeah, I don't. I have a lot of crap in a lot of board games. <laughs> Vicky so. does have a garage. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that has a lot of crap in it. <laughs> Which actually does have a whole box of board games in there. May or may not. Uh, so I guess we may be in another statistic level of that. Um, I'm going to go with I'm a one percenter, and I'm just unsure of what my spending is. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, one stat I found very promising. Of those polled, over 88% of the players purchased their games from their local game store, not oh. Amazon. That's awesome. Shout yeah. out to Zulu's and all those other lovely uh, places around us. Flying Frog we talked about earlier. That is a very, very promising stat. I agree, Josh. I mean, just knowing that people are going locally to spend money in places that promote their favorite games. And I mean, do you have a better time than on a Friday night when you're with your friends hanging out with a place within a big tavern-esque thing with a big wood plank in front of you full of meeples <laughs> ordering macaroni and cheese and Josh's least favorite soup. <laughs> so how many do you think discover board games through word of mouth? Ooh, <laughs> like a new board game? Well, if it's, I mean, for yes. us, it's I'm going to say 95% of mine. Right. <laughs> uh, it's 71%. Okay. Wow, okay, yeah. Which I think that's kind of, I think that's high, but I love it. Yeah. Well, I that mean, makes sense because like if you, maybe not even necessarily word of mouth, but like, hey, we're playing a game, let's try this one, and then you go out and buy it. 
You try a game that your friend already has. Josh just gets me by going, hey, you like war elephants? (laughs) (laughs) I do like elephants. Joey's like, take my money. (laughs) It's Aladdin. See John and Aladdin. (laughs) That may be how I know Joey will show up to that game day. That's true. There's a war elephant. If you could get a spaceship looking like a war elephant, oh man. So the pandemic obviously had some pretty drastic effects on board gaming. Uh, Between February and March of 2020, when it all started... Uh, Google's search for board games increased 82%. (laughs) Jeez, wow. People were really just straight went to board games. That's interesting. Yeah, I love it, though. Yeah, well, I guess if you're thinking about entertaining things you can do at your house that don't have a screen involved in them, board games is the first thing that comes to my mind. I mean, outside of, like, a basketball, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So uh, what do you think was the highest singly searched for board game in 2020 okay what was in march of 2020 oh that's tough i'm going with star wars monopoly new katan new scythe no it was pandemic okay (laughs) i I think it was search to see if something were to happen with it like if they were going to recall it or change it up or i don't know i'm wondering Uh, if that's part of the search or if they actually bought it uh, there was 246,000 searches just in uh, in March of 2024, Pandemic the Board Game. And then Risk followed at 90,000. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sensing a theme. Then Monopoly at <laughs> yeah! 60,000. Yeah, third know. place. <laughs> uh, and then Jumanji. Jumanji? <laughs> okay, that's Wow, funny. that was out of nowhere. What, what year did Jumanji come out? The the new, the rock Jumanji oh. came out. That may play into looking oh, for the board. That game. is a yeah. great question. Oh, there's two of them? Yep. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it gives me the... the it's, it's the... So it, technically, it's the second Jumanji movie. There's three of them because the first one, oh. of course, with Robin Williams. Yes. Nine, 2019. There you yeah. Go. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And then it goes into Life, Sorry, Ticket to Ride, and Ludo. Oh, Ticket to Ride. That's interesting, huh? Josh, one more statistic that shocked you from this lovely list. Oh, that shocked me. Hmm. You know, because... Okay, 43% of board game enthusiasts pay several times a week. Jeez, I couldn't imagine. <laughs> that number seems low. It does seem low. <laughs> yeah, you know, 43%, that's like not even close to what I would imagine. I mean, based off of our podcast, I'd say 100%. <laughs> ah, here's the stat we were looking for. 6% of board game enthusiasts play daily. Only 6%. Although I guess we have day jobs. Daily is tough. Yeah, yeah so daily is kind of tough. Well, that's awesome. I mean, that's a lot of interesting stuff, though. Glad to hear that the board game industry seems to be killing it post-pandemic. I'm very happy with that. I think that means we're going to get a lot more Kickstarters in our future, huh? Probably. Hopefully. <laughs> yes. If you look at my current Kickstarters, then yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on from that, one of the hardest things to do in the board gaming world to learn rules Hmm. and one way to learn rules is to get taught those rules by someone who's already played the game and one way to screw up playing a game is to be taught the rules wrong like always happens to me (laughs) so the (laughs) beach we could go through all these points or i can just cut to the chase and say in order to learn a board game don't let Sean teach it. Yes, all right. Sean? <laughs> Simple. We're kicking you out. Ouch. No. <laughs> I can't even argue, so. <laughs> Sean can teach us about the currencies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sean can do a very good job when he very well knows the game. 
But sometimes Sean makes up whole pages of rules that aren't in it. <laughs> How does it get in my head? All right, guys. Now, you're not supposed to attack everyone, but there is this rule, see, on page five, which doesn't exist, that says you must attack every turn. <laughs> yeah, I did once. We were playing a board game, and he... Uh, he came up with this whole discard thing that was very counterintuitive, and we were all confused, and like, okay, I guess. <laughs> and I'm looking through the rule book, and he said, well, there was nothing in the rule book about it, so it's just, that's how it is. It makes the most sense. And I'm like, okay. Uh, Sean, there's a paragraph here that says discard pile. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really simple. <laughs> Yeah, I read that part. Uh, I put a yes, little creative flair on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, teaching games is hard. Yeah. It is hard. It um, is. Now, some of these things are kind of obvious. I don't know about pick the... Or, or I thought I said pick the right group for the <laughs> game. I was like, what? <laughs> pick the right game for the group. Yes, you got to know who yeah. who's coming over. We talked about this before. If we're going to play Anachrony or TI4... I'm not going to force Vicky to sit through that. No. Because she will murder us. <laughs> yes. I mean, I would murder you for less, but yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think Sean knows that if he's just going to play trick-taking games, that Josh is going to sit out that day. Yes. <laughs> we, we, I remember we played at uh, the last convention we were at. Sean picked out a game, and it was a mathy kind of game with, with um, uh betting almost like voting on betting a uh, uh, auctioneer style game mm-hmm. and he said Joey you're going to love this game and I did love the game and he said BJ you're going to hate this game <laughs> and BJ hated the game and I just remember thinking what a nice guy <laughs> I love Sean he invites me to a game I'm going to love and I get to beat my dad <laughs> so you definitely do need to know your group because BJ did hate it and we knew immediately and we were open about it but he yeah. still played the game like a, like a trooper <laughs> yeah him and uh, anything with spatial elements oh yeah he really not space itself but their elements (laughs) um we talked about that crowdfunding game with the pueblo with the the blocks and the Mm -hmm. spinning board i want bj to play it because then i'm gonna sit back and watch him malfunction (laughs) other than that i don't i don't know if that'll be a game for him that would absolutely not be a game for him Uh, next is learn the rules before you try to teach the game. I oh, feel that one's kind yeah. of obvious. Who does that? <laughs> have you ever had someone sit down with a board game, open it up, and be like, "All right, guys, who's ready to learn?" And we're like, "Yeah." So have you played? And then they just hand you the rule book, and you're like, "This is this is this is a freaking mountain of text." <laughs> so Josh and I will do that sometimes. We'll get together, and he's like, "We're gonna cold learn this game," and so we like we're literally pulling the the wrap off the game and punching it, and he's going through rules. And to be fair, we know about it when we do that. Yes, we don't just we, we don't spring that on each other. It's like, hey, by the way, guess what? And we don't do that to a larger group. We're not yeah. going to bring over three other people and me and Sean, by the way, we're learning this cold. You guys sit there. You're not bringing out a fully wrapped game and then thud. <laughs> it's just on the table. So who wants to unwrap this with me and learn it? Well, we work really good with each other in the sense that if Sean's teaching the game, he can prattle off whatever because he knows I'm not listening. Because yes. I, I can't hear <laughs> games taught to me out loud. I just nope. need to play them. I Got need somebody it. to say, this is what you're doing to turn, A, B, C, learn. Okay, that I can do. Trying to tell tell me the rules? Eh, We're going to have a problem. I'm, yeah. I'm off and distracted and talking about the Flash or whatever. <laughs> and... Uh, I know that if I'm trying to puzzle through a rule book, that I just look up, I wake Sean up, I tell him mm. what we're doing now because 
we actually tried to learn Thunderstone Quest at like 1 a.m. one night. and Of course, like all normal human beings. Sean likes to micro-nap. <laughs> Is that 10, 15 minutes? Well, it's like we're 30 at a con. Sure, yeah, I'll micro-nap. <laughs> that was an acronym. That was an acronym. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you you, you got to know going in. Of course, you should read the rules first. Um this is a big one, though. The rule book is a reference for you, not a script. Yeah. Do not sit there and read the rule book to the table. Oh, is that not good? No, that's very bad. Ah, boring, you might say. That's how you get me to, you know, not pay attention. <laughs> I might read a paragraph to somebody because it's usually, so like, I'm not processing that. Let me read it to you to see if you can figure it out, or will you read this? But yeah, clearly you don't read the rules out loud. One of the things I've noticed is like when you're if you're teaching a group at a table, watch the people that you're teaching. That's a very important aspect because you can see if people are checking out or not. And you're like, okay, I need to speed this up. Like, okay, well, I've, I've taught enough. Let's just start going through it, right? Because everybody's checked out. So they're no longer listening. I could just keep rattling on, but nobody's hearing anything I'm saying. And on complicated games, you don't need to teach the whole game. You don't need to yeah. teach final scoring bonuses. Yeah, you know, interestingly enough, teaching a game is almost like storytelling in the sense that if you're not captivating your audience mm -hmm. in those first 10 minutes, then you've done something wrong. You know, you need to just go right into the game and then you know as it continues build upon the rules as opposed to, as you were saying just being like how would you guys like to hear 30 straight minutes of text from this rule book <laughs> and on the flip side you got to be a good learner learner yeah yeah <laughs> listener listener uh, that too um i'm a terrible listener ah. right but i try okay i will troll sean and bj but that's just fun that's just me but I won't interrupt and I won't ask I will try not to ask 75 questions for stuff that has not been brought up because I happen to notice it on the table ah I see you gotta give them time to well I'm gonna get to that yeah be patient we're, we're going through a list and uh but yeah, you got you can't just be like, "Hey, what's that? What's that? What's that over there? I Wait, noticed this in my car. What do you have? What about hey, it? I see the super big cannon at the end of the game over there. How do I get that? Like, how <laughs> yeah. many points do I need to buy that? It's like, well, you know, uh, four hundred, and you have three. So uh, let's just pump the brakes. <laughs> well, and when you get people that do that kind of stuff, you just go, "Hey, that's a really good question. We're going to get to that in a minute, and then yeah. continue forward. Positive reinforcement. Although, Look at that. Although yeah. flipping the table is always fun. <laughs> it will end the game quicker. <laughs> but but Sean and BJ and and myself have a mission to troll each other during rules teaches. <laughs> and that only can help to the uh, uh, authenticity of the game. Yes. <laughs> right. Well, I like asking BJ a question. He'll like say something and I will just bring up something completely unrelated. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would the Federation really attack the Klingons right now? Yes, we're, stuff we're, like that. Yeah, <laughs> we're playing Azteca or whatever. <laughs> Actually, I think that's the Mexican restaurant. I still have tortillas on my mind, John. I'm really hungry. <laughs> <laughs> and BJ does the same to us, and it's fun and funny and... <laughs> But that's I, just us. I see Josh doing it to me, and I just continue forward. Like, he'll prattle off something. Yeah. Okay, Josh is being Josh. I'm, just gonna, <laughs> I'm going to ignore it and continue. <laughs> if if you guys ignore. listening, you guys and gals listen, have a fun thing in your game group that you do, that something trolly like that, please let us know on our socials, because I would love to hear those little quirks that every group has. <laughs> yes. Uh, when in doubt, Google it. Or BGG yeah. it, at least. Or YouTube it. Or YouTube it. But, yeah, the BGG forums, though, for games, yeah. the rules questions, we have many times found the answer there. We have one time found the answer was, ah, do it either way. It works. 
Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah, was, From a designer. Yeah, it was frustrating. <laughs> that made me want to throw BJ out a higher window than the previous one. I was going to say, there's no way that would have benefited <laughs> at least one player. <laughs> I want it this way. <laughs> I want my gold. <laughs> yeah, it was It was not a good day that day. I do love that you can quick change things now, because that was always a pain back in the day before the internet, where you would run into something and be like, I don't know if I'm playing this wrong, or if it's just dumb. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully we could solve this. Well, plus, a lot of times when there are rule errors, like somebody taught something wrong or you just missed it because it's a complicated game, you also got to be willing to be like, okay, well, we've all played that way. So we can either continue to play that way or we can just stop now. We all benefited or we're all uh, at a detriment to it. But let's just keep going. Yeah, yeah exactly. You just take a vote, too. Usually yeah. your game groups are pretty uh, agreeable on those things. Unless it's one of those ones where you broke the rules and someone is a light years ahead of everyone else. <laughs> right. We'll restart. <laughs> yeah. In that case, yeah, you definitely... Well, we played... Um, I was playing Messina, and uh, on the B sides of the boards are some very powerful actions, but they're once per use per game, One, and you have to close them off. Well, the first time we played with those, I didn't catch that, and we were just all playing use that, use that. Everybody was running away on these tracks. One player was way in the lead, and... We're like, well, we're all going to get the benefit. We'll just keep playing like that because she did use up. She couldn't possibly benefit anymore, but we could. Oh, okay. And actually, the scores did come back together. Oh, a little retcon. We, we were very close. So, yeah. Uh, another big one, and I did have to learn this. Now I'm totally fine with it. Ask anybody. <laughs> Be okay with losing, not just when teaching, but playing, but especially when teaching. You yeah. don't want to dominate the players when you're trying to let them have a good experience yeah, and have fun. Yeah, if you fun. can't do that, don't bother teaching. Oh, exactly. definitely. One of my favorite Magic the Gathering experiences is when uh, you get handed the red deck and they have the white deck and the white deck has protection from the red deck. Oh. And so you're like, well, this was a fun learning experience. <laughs> I get to do nothing. <laughs> well, Sean, you teach a lot yeah. because you're demoing your games and designing. Do you just steamroll everybody? or No. <laughs> In fact, um, I... If I'm playing with the group and it's kind of a demo session or whatever, I won't take the most advantageous, you know, action, right? I may do something a little bit less or I may target something like I just want to see something. If I'm doing something really weird, I may call it out like I'm going to try something different. I don't suggest doing what I'm doing because it's probably stupid. So keep doing whatever thing you're doing. But I, I want people to have, you know, like the best experience that they can have, right? Uh, so I see. You're, what you're saying is you shouldn't use grenades to prepare yourself forward. Exactly. But in this instance, you're going to try to see, see how it happens. works. <laughs> Will one limb down be worth it? <laughs> well, even in teaching like uh, games that you know I'm I'm not personally you know developing. I will try, since I know the different strategies, you know, like in teaching the game, I might try some like weird try just to see how it works and kind of expect it to not be all that great and let other people kind of go through the ones that seem like the most obvious to be successful, right? Because I'm not trying to win. I want to be competitive. So it's not just someone just running away like, oh, well, I guess that was fun. Well, that um, kind of to another question. On Mars is a very heavy game, very oh, complex yeah. game. But through repeat play, I learned to teach that game so well that I taught it like five, six times at a con in a crowded, loud room. Joey, you played. I did. It is a AP game. You think a lot, and but it was a it's a fun game. 
but uh, there's a game called Tabanusi. I can't figure out how to teach it. Interesting. It's so all over the map and everything bleeding into each other. So, Sean, do you have any games that you like, this one I can always teach and this one I just can't, I can't figure out yeah. if it's even a game? Yeah, there's been a couple I've, I've opened the rule book and you kind of start going through it and you're like, oh my God, this is terrifying. I'm going to set this aside, maybe watch some YouTube videos, maybe try and do like a solo play or something. And others I can just, yeah, I just, they're my go-tos because they're super easy to teach and I just kind of always remember them. Plus, you kind of know when you're teaching a game to someone whether or not they're going to like it or be able to learn it. Because, you know, if you're teaching someone a game, like, for instance, we taught BJ that math game, he would just lose his mind and not want to learn it anyway. So yeah. sometimes you just have to <laughs> give up before you start. But these have been some awesome uh, rules to help people learn. I know that learning games is not easy, and people generally get a little uh, turned off by it because there are, there are a lot of steps. But... As I've learned with Sean and Josh, who are great teachers, you get the right people to teach you, and it can always be fun. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're like me and you you can't hear it and you want to troll a little bit, know who you're trolling. I'm not gonna, <laughs> if Vicky's going to sit down and teach us a game, I'm not going to troll her through the rules. <laughs> that that would just be dumb, and she would not have a good time, and yeah. nobody else at the table would have a good time. But That's if I go get snacks, <laughs> <laughs> she'd start up a, bo- uh, a a drinking game with you on the side and get you hammered. <laughs> teach you to teach. Teach me. That's why. <laughs> yeah. And and just like Sean said, look around the room. Yeah. If people are checking out, change tactics. Well, thank you, Geek Nationals, for joining us. Next week, we are going to be playing a game that you may know, Trial by Trolley. Make sure to tune in and check us out as we try not to get hit by trains. But until then, <laughs> Josh, play nice. Play nice.